This is Sparky on Ice, the coldest podcast on the internet. Welcome back, everyone. It's Monday, October 12th, and I have been on ice for seven days. What an interesting and frustrating couple weeks it's been. When we last talked, I was on day 14 of my 14-day isolation in New Zealand. I can't say it got any better. There were some ups, but a lot of downs. When this sort of isolation, you, you look for any sort of good thing to keep your spirits up, especially when you can share it with others going through the same thing. One of these things was a bit of a roller coaster ride for most of us, and that would be Cone Dog. Around day five or six of isolation, someone took a picture of a German Shepherd walking by the hotel with a traffic cone in its mouth. This got shared with our Facebook group and became a bit of a sensation for us. We all thought it was just a fluke until he came back a day later carrying what appeared to be another traffic cone. We all thought this was just so hilarious. And one of the more artistic folks made a drawing of him, a rather good one, uh, of you know German Shepherd carrying a cone in his mouth. Uh, we all thought it was just amazing. Good job. Uh, and that made it to the hotel TV in the lobby and eventually to the local and uh, I think given the size of New Zealand, the uh, national news as well. Cone Dog was so popular that many would sit in their window hoping to catch a glimpse of him as he went by. After several sightings, there were a couple days uh, without seeing him. Everyone was wondering what happened. Turns out, the story has a bit of a sad ending. The day after the news story aired, someone tracked down Cone Dog and his human. His name was Marco, and he loved to hunt traffic cones. He would throw them in the river and chase them. He was also a little aggressive and had bitten another dog um, on, on a Friday and he had to be euthanized on a Saturday. Uh, that hit most of us pretty hard as Cone Dog had become the unofficial mascot of our isolation. Well, at least we had the memories and, and the shared joy of seeing a dog carrying a traffic cone on the street. But otherwise, isolation wasn't too awful. I watched a lot of YouTube and found some awesome new channels to watch. Not that I can watch them on ice at, well, but one of my new favorites is an Italian bassist named Davey504. Uh, he does amazing slap bass videos and some funny meme bass based yeah videos. Um, I was trying to watch as many as vehicles videos as I could before I left for the ice, but he has a ton of content. I highly recommend checking it out. He has really funny stuff. We had regular wellness checks where someone would call make sure we were still sane. I mean, I don't mind being alone, but not being able to go places can really wear you down. We also had medical checks every other day. They would come by, take our temp, and ask if we had any changes in our health. Since I was on the third floor, they would hit my room pretty early, usually by 8.30 or so. And I would listen for my neighbor to open his door so I knew when it was time to get up and get dressed before they got to my door. Yeah, it was the the journey of isolation knowing when to put your pants on. Uh, one thing I noticed about day six or seven is that it kind of felt like a Pavlovian experiment to us. It was like we were just waiting for the doorbell to actually be hungry. And sad when it 
the doorbell became the highlight of your day because you knew there was some sort of interaction going to happen on the other side of that door. And most times it was just a bag of food on the floor. And occasionally you would open the door and wave to the person across the hallway who you really don't know who they are because they're wearing a mask. But we did get some outside time. We were allowed to walk in the yard pretty much whenever we wanted, as long as we were wearing a mask and stayed six feet apart. And the yard was really just a parking lot with double fence and dark fabric on the outer fence. Kind of felt like a prison yard sometimes, and we just walked in circles to get some sort of exercise. It was also like the only time we could socialize with other folks in our isolation group, so long as we stayed six feet apart. I did like going down uh, for the fresh air and to feel the warm breeze since I knew it would be months before I would feel that again. All in all, I survived my isolation and on day 14, we were ready to fly. I was scheduled for the first plane down to ice and we were supposed to leave the same day we got out of isolation. We were really looking forward to that. But as usual, with flights to the ice, there was a weather delay. But they put us on shuttles anyway and drove us to the clothing distribution center, otherwise known as the CDC, where we get our ECW gear and check our bags for the flight. Uh, we get weighed and they take our luggage and package it for the flight. However, we already know we're not flying, but this will save us time on flight day when it does finally come around. Uh, we hung around there for a couple hours and they put us back on the shuttles with just our carry-ons and our boomerang bags. Uh, just so you know, a boomerang bag is a bag you pack with things you need in case your flight gets canceled or de delayed or turns around in mid-flight, which is why it's called a boomerang. Uh, they give that bag back to you, but you and you keep it and they keep the rest of your luggage. And boomerangs happen more often than you might think. I can remember four boomerangs last year. Anyway, we get to our new hotel, and since we're no longer in isolation, at least not New Zealand isolation, it's a little better. We are still in modified isolation, though. Means we can socialize, but stay six feet apart and wearing masks in public areas. And this hotel was a mix of better and worse. The food was far, far better. However, my room was far far worse. Since I wasn't even supposed to have a room, I and many others on my flight were given the smallest rooms in the hotel. It was basically a 7 by 10 room with a bed, a tiny shelf for a desk, and basically an RV-sized bathroom and shower. Quite a challenge for us portly people. It wasn't really all that bad, just, just cramped. The bed was comfortable enough, and I was just there for the night, at least we thought. And at least we could go meet and talk with others now. And that was a huge morale booster. So everyone had a good time seeing everyone else. And then we went to bed hoping for a flight in the morning. And at 5 a.m. I received the dreaded phone call. The flight was delayed another 24 hours. So another day and night in this tiny room. And it went much like the previous one. Talking and eating. Watching YouTube. Next day rolls around. I get another 5 a.m. call. But only a two hour delay. Much better. But you can still never tell with those delays. Sometimes they keep pushing them back an hour or two. Sometimes they just delay the entire day. Either way, we loaded into the shuttles around 9 and headed to the airport. Turns out the weather on station was nice and looked really good for flying. And fly we did. This was my first time on the C-17, which is much bigger than the LC-130 I came down the first time and considerably more comfortable. I did still sit on the jump seat along the wall but at least this one had a solid back and seat instead of the mesh, like the LC-130s. And it was a mostly uneventful flight. A little turbulence here and there, but nothing major. And still so loud that you can't really talk to anyone. 
I listened to music, read some of my book, played a few games on my phone, and, and the five hours passed rather quickly, at least far quicker than my original eight-hour flight my first time down. And touching down was so satisfying. Never assume you have arrived on the ice until the wheels touch the ice. I've seen them boomerang 15 minutes from landing. But we landed, and we were finally on the ice. Everybody gathered up their ECW and headed out the door. And there's not much time for adjustment. They keep the plane kind of cool because we're in our ECW. But I had forgotten how cold it really is on the ice. I think it was only one or two degrees that day. That first breath of frozen air after being in a temperate zone for three weeks is both exhilarating and painful. But there's no time to dally, no time to take in all the the newness of everything. It's on to Ivan the Terabus and the 45-minute drive to town. And the landscape is just as beautiful and stark as I remember. A vast sea of white surrounded by massive rocky peaks. The most prominent thing is Mount Erebus, our local volcano, outgassing from the lava dome in its caldera. I mean, it really is quite impossible to describe the scenery here. I just don't have the words to do it. And pictures can never really do it justice. This is one of those places where you have to experience to know what it is. But on to town. Nothing really changed since I left. COVID had put a stop to pretty much all the projects that were supposed to be happening. They were supposed to tear down a couple buildings and begin remodels on others. Uh, the station had pretty much gone into hibernation for the winter. Even more hibernation than a normal winter. The only real change was that the ground was covered in snow. Because it was just brown volcanic rock when I left. And we were in COVID level yellow. Yeah, that means continuing six foot distance and mask in public places. Also means set meal times. No bars and no karaoke. That last bit really hurt. I had hoped to just get right into it. But we knew a couple months ago that it was going to be like this. But not all was lost. I was able to get into the bar and do some prep work on next week's karaoke. I tested out a new sign-up system I created on my Raspberry Pi. And yeah, you heard that right. McMurdo Karaoke is going digital. It should make running the show easier for me since I won't have to leave the DJ booth to get the sign-up sheets. I'm really looking forward to the first one. Should be a lot of fun. And after being in yellow and zero socializing... Uh, it's going to be very, very busy. So should be a good night. I'm also signing up to DJ on the radio station again. Not sure if I'll get my Saturday night slot again, but I am hopeful. But after a week here, I am finally getting settled in, which is why I'm able to make this episode. I'm in my permanent room and I am the resident assistant for my dorm, uh, which means I, I kind of do all the ordering and have the key to the rooms in case everybody, anybody gets locked out. You know, nothing big. Um, my shop where I work is, is got four amazing electricians working in it. I, I think we're going to have a really good season. They, they are seem to be eager to make things go well, and they seem to be good at what they do. I'm quite happy for it. And so far, we've already finished some critical tasking that I didn't even know about till the day we got here. And I think that um, shows a lot about their abilities and, and what we can get done this year. So I really think it's going to be a good season. Well, I think I've said enough for this week. Next week, I won't have as much update. So I will have some Antarctic history to continue. So until then, stay warm.
my freezing. 